Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. It's that time of the week when you sit down with a couple of close friends and talk about how to make your eBay business more successful. And if the close friends aren't picking up, I guess you can make do with us. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-322-9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So another edition of the Selling on eBay radio show with you. Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith are your hosts. Uh, we're both full-time uh, sellers on eBay. Sherry's based in Colorado, does a lot of uh, consignment business and has a little side hustle working as the, uh, I guess, the seller ambassador for the managed payments team at eBay. So everything they get up to has her personal approval. And you can happily email her with any questions you have on anything they start doing. Oh, yes, please do. And Philip, She'd love to take the questions. Oh, I, I sure would, especially about fees. Philip lives in the swamps with the alligators and peacocks in Florida. He's an arbitrage expert, buying as much as he sells on eBay. He buys low and sells high in professional electronics. And in his spare time, when he's not reading user manuals, he is freely giving of his time to advise eBay on how to run things. Yes, as we'll find out maybe in a minute. So in today's show, Sherry, what do we have? eBay's going to learn how you speak. <laughs> I can't even read It was this. a good line. Like, you, you learn you. It on the day. There we go. I eBay's going to learn you how, to, learn speak you how to speak proper. Okay. Very yeah, good. he gives me these things that I'll never, I would never say. Exactly. I like doing that. And uh, we've um, uncovered a couple of dubious selling practices. We'll talk about those and maybe uh, see if there's some logic behind them after all. And eBay makes Philip king of stores for a day. Mm -hmm. And um, is it finally happening? Is eBay changing the returns workflow to include evidence to support the buyer's claim? And as tax season ends, how did we do in 2021? And there's someone in the third chair. Yes, Donna Gardner is a longtime eBay seller and is an admin for the eBay and e-commerce haunt Facebook group, um, which is a great, large, lively group of eBay sellers on Facebook. And she really is a great connector. She um, just creates relationships between mm -hmm. people and among other sellers in the community. So she's going to um, join us for some eBay trivia in a little bit. Excellent. Now, Donna, good to have you with us. We've not met up until now, I don't think, so you're very welcome. But I believe, or I have already concluded, that you and I are cut from the same cloth because I see you popping up on various uh, of these uh, seller briefing calls that eBay operates. And uh, if you don't know what I mean, uh, anyone who's active on the eBay platform can attend them. They just give you an update on what's going on with new features and things. And you can sign up for that at sellerevents.ebay.com. And I see Donna there. And Donna, you do not let go when you want to ask a question. And I've, I've tried the same game myself, and they, they do their best to kind of ignore us, but I think the trick is to keep on asking, right? It's not so much asking, it's in how you say what you want to say. And a lot of times when reps or team leadership supervisors say that 
a policy isn't what it's supposed to be or what I'm stating is incorrect, I'm like, well, look at my uh, account. And they can't argue when it's there in black and white or Mm -hmm. I have inside knowledge that they can't refute. Very good. We'll hear more from Donna later on. She's a no-nonsense kind no of lady. She's shrinking violet. <laughs> She's going to be a handful, I think, Sherry. I think i got to put you in charge of keeping Donna under control. Uh, coming up uh, in <laughs> the program, we'll that. be talking about uh, what's happening in the world of eBay. But has it been a busy week for you this week? Yes, it has. And I have some things that are the bigger type items that usually uh-huh. I'll put on Facebook because the shipping is so costly. So I put four bikes on there with spring coming along or pretending to be here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. We get fake spring here. And um, I also put some high end, wait for it, litter boxes on there. I have about seven of them on um, Facebook marketplace, but I also put them on eBay. And I've already sold. Do the animals know the difference or? The owner that cares, I assume. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's the owners. And uh, two of them have already sold on eBay, Hmm. Um, even though the shipping is almost as much as the cost of the item. But um, I noticed that on Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace, they're saying boost your listing. Hmm. You can set a daily limit for $6 a day. It does, doesn't it? Well, I opted not to do that because I'm like $6 a day. And plus that, is that clicks or views? I don't care because it isn't, if it sells, it's one of, it's like Google AdWords work. Hmm. Anyway, I have not had one real buyer inquire about those and I've already sold two of them on eBay. Hmm. Well, we did experiment a bit with the eBay promoted listings in, didn't we? And we figured that you definitely get more clicks if you pay them money. Whether yeah. that's necessarily ripples through to incremental bottom line is a bit more debatable, but certainly uh, you can measure increase in exposure. So uh, anyway, we're not going to spend too much time on Facebook, otherwise we'll end up disappearing yeah. off down a particular rabbit hole. I had a strange thing this week that, that I thought was weird. And... You know, I buy a lot of stuff on eBay and I make my fair share of uh, returns. And uh, someone had sold me something that was they'd listed as new and it was clearly used. So I started off the return process and they messaged me afterwards saying, OK, we're happy to give you a refund, but we want you to close the case first and then we'll give you a full refund. And I'm thinking, OK, a few red flags going off on that one. Because uh, once I close it, then I've got little leverage in terms of because they effectively win the case at that point. So my feedback yeah. rights go out the window. Uh, I'm relying on their goodwill to give me the money, and they've already got a little bit of a fib in the listing, so that's got their credibility somewhat uh, under suspicion. And so that's odd. And I, I, I sort of say, well, I'm not really keen on doing that. And they write back and say, well, what we're trying to do is protect our account from defects. <laughs> and I'm thinking they've kind of misunderstood how it works. And that's why I mention it, because I think it's an interesting point generally selling, that defects are basically fulfillment-based, as I understand it, and they, they've done okay on the fulfillment. So they weren't going to get a defect in the sort of defect sense. I think what they were concerned about was having a return rate that goes up 
high relative to what eBay thinks is the right number. And then that starts to bite you in the backside uh, if that goes too high. Well, a, you can also get a defect for a case closed without seller resolution. Right. Uh, I agree. Yes. That's so that's. And so I wasn't quite sure where they were going with this because they had I'd already opened the return. Maybe that was unfair, but I think it was legitimate. So they already trigger that point. They can't now negate that. And even if I were to cancel the case and say, let's say I, I made a mistake, it still counts against them. This is one of my bugbears with eBay that regardless of how a case is adjudicated or ends up, it still counts against you. When, when someone says open, bingo, that's when that black mark goes against your account. So I think they were genuinely just trying to manage their account status, but I think they misunderstood how it worked. And, you know, I, I don't hold that against someone because, look, let's face it, we all care passionately about how our account standing looks because ultimately it will drop you down in search if you don't keep an eye on it. And my suggestion was, well, look, if this really bothers you and you think it's going to help, and I'm thinking to myself, it's not going to make any difference, but whatever. <laughs> I, it, it's $150 we're talking about. Why don't you give me a partial refund of $149? I'll then close the case. I prepared the risk a dollar, let's face it. Yeah, and then it kind of, of it you. kind of looks like I've closed it. You haven't gone to the point where it's actually terminated. And then if you think that helps your account, good luck to you. I mean, I'm not going to argue with it. It's not my job to teach eBay, eBay's business to you. Um, so that was where I, I left it. Um, and we'll see what happens with that. I, I just I mentioned it because I think, I think they were trying to achieve something that by the time they would get got involved in it, it didn't it, 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 they lost the course. And as you said, the thing they really at that point had to avoid was having eBay jump in and adjudicate the case because then that would have given them a, a second black mark, I guess. Yeah. So that was strange. But I haven't seen that before. I've seen plenty of people trying to wriggle out of things, but that was a, that was a first. Oh, am I talking about the local freight company? or? Yeah, we, we could do that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really with it today. Or we can um, go to eBay well, News if you like, or whatever you like. Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, let's talk about some eBay News, because uh, um, Donna might have some thoughts on this stuff. I don't know, yeah. Donna, whether you've uh, been involved in uh, these uh, trading cards things. That's something that uh, has been involved. Because I noticed this week we see the official announcement, I guess, of the authentication by eBay uh, being launched. And... Uh, uh, did you see that something sharing? funny? Yeah, in their terms and conditions. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it says by the way, if we don't like your trading card or don't find it to be authentic, we'll destroy it. And I guess that's something legally they have to say. But do you think they'd really just incinerate your your card without giving you? <laughs> I don't know what what the options are, but it seems kind of harsh because the whole point, to my mind, of sending it to someone as an expert is because you don't know oftentimes exactly what it's worth or whatever you, you send it in and they go well we just uh, we just destroyed it so that would be uh you know that would be a shame yeah that would be a big slap on the wrist so i, I think i think the authentication thing that ebay is pushing themselves uh these days is is a good line uh for them to be following but it's just it's a bit random as to whether what happens if it doesn't pass their their test and who's to say they know everything anyway yeah, another thing and I'm I, sure. I, sorry, yeah, oh, I was going to say, I'm sure it applies on the uh, handbags too. But and no, here's another ahead. thing that I think they've started testing because it popped up on one of my accounts. And eBay has 
and quite often a, a whim to spend money on on interesting things that I don't think move the needle in terms of really making a financial difference. But here's one. When I was sending someone a message, it started grammar checking my, my content. I it, it came up with some alternative phrasing for the message I was sending that was better grammar <laughs> than I was coming up with myself. Was it? And, and I actually thought it was actually better. But it's unusual because I don't even think it, they typically do a lot of spell checking on these things uh, now. But to see grammar checking in there, and I, maybe they were just testing it on a few few people, see if anyone paid attention to it. I, I should have taken a screenshot because I thought oh, I'll get I'll, I'll screen grab it next time, and it hasn't popped up since. But um, I thought that was actually quite interesting because. <laughs> One of the quirks of eBay is that you do tend to get messages that ramble on for about a thousand words with no capitalization, no punctuation, nothing. And would it be nice if they could just prompt people a little bit to try and write in a way that was at least semi-intelligible? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I always am really careful about it, unlike how I am with texting people. But um, I'm careful about it on eBay because I want them to know I'm a U.S. seller. Mm -hmm. You know, with English is my first language, mm -hmm. and I don't, you know, so I don't want to have bad grammar or bad English. So that was I quite welcome that. I'm the kind of person that likes to see things come through in decent grammar. You know, quite often you you could get the impression that the person concerned has just burbled a whole load of bilge into Siri. And Siri's done her best to figure out what it was they were talking about, but it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, what I would give sometimes for a couple of full stops and a new paragraph here and there, this has got to be worthwhile, I think. Not from a financial point of view, but just in terms of my sanity. Yeah, I like it. Here's another thing also that I think they are now testing. And again, one of my accounts um, from a buying side picked this up and... Couple of a uh, couple of times, uh, I opened. There was a, a not a subscribe case I was opening up on someone, and it would not allow me to open the case until I'd submit at least one photograph relevant to the claim. So you do not go past the submit without uploading a photograph of some sort. Wow, I've never seen that, but I don't buy that much. But I know a lot of people have been asking great. for that. You know, uh, for years and years and years. And it wasn't optional. It was definitely required. I did try and sort of click around it and see if I could somehow get the thing to go without it. And you could put anything you like in the picture, of course. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because why, would, why are they doing that? How is that flow going to change going forwards? Because requiring someone to put a photo presumably means that they're thinking about some kind of later adjudication where someone can look at that and say, yep, yeah, the buyer was right, the seller was right. Otherwise, why would you have it? Because right now, the buyer's always right, right? Right, although I have had eBay back me up on particular occasions. Uh, so, so, yeah, I may, maybe they're broadening that out a little bit to try and have eBay, um, uh, eBay, sorry, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought, have eBay jump in and um, adjudicate That is happening, Paul. That is happening, Paul. Jordan's been expanding the uh, wording so that if you have no returns on a listing at the end of that three business days, you can contact eBay, and it has to be by phone because if you do it by email or you know the, the robot uh, way, um, 
it won't get noticed, but you can call in and refute it. You know, if the buyer's claiming snag and you're saying mm -hmm. buyer's remorse, they now have to review it, but you have to follow that type of procedure. Very good. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. People have been asking for that for a long time. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because I think that one of the things that, that seems to happen is that the whole sort of eBay customer service thing is they don't tend to announce things very much. The product guys usually tell you, okay, this feature's coming out, we're rolling it out now, it's with 10%, it's be 90% by next month, whatever it is. But the service people keep changing things a little bit around the periphery. And the only way you know is when you call in on something and they say, oh, well, actually, no, it works like this now. They don't seem to announce things. So um, that was interesting. Um, we've got uh, Donna coming up and as our, our guest interviewer in just a minute. There was something else that else happened uh, recently that I thought, Sherry, I'd share with you because it's sort of interesting a little bit. I got involved in a discussion with the folks at eBay who run the stores product. And this is something that they've, I, in my view, have let kind of lapse for a decade or more. And... <laughs> I don't know, the last time I thought about stores was 2008, 2009, when they changed from the old store to the new store that wasn't that new. <laughs> anyway, they seem to be staffing up. They've got a whole bunch of people coming up with new ideas. And uh, for whatever reason, they asked me if I could uh, chime in with some, some thoughts on what they were doing. I, I won't tell you the stuff they were telling me because I think that's something they, they asked that you keep confidential, but I see no harm in telling you what I think about eBay stores. And if you want to infer that this is what was discussed with them, well, good luck for you. You can do that. Um, I mean, if I was king of stores, which is kind of how I sort of think about these things, what would I change and what would I try and do better? Um, and I, I think there's a huge opportunity with the stores in eBay to uh, do more with the newsletter. I don't know. I have hundreds of people that have, in theory, subscribed to a newsletter from me, but I don't send them <laughs> anything, which is a bit of a waste of time. But I don't want to have to sit and write the darn thing every month or whatever it is. If yeah. they had a way of... Uh, machine producing a good looking newsletter that said hey this stuff has come on the this guy's store since you last checked in and this stuff's now on sale or this stuff's selling really fast or this got low stock on this you know you can imagine the sort of things that could be done automatically and send that out and had some useful value to the buyer then um, that would be a, a useful thing to consider the other thing I think that the I think the reason people don't get excited about stores is that for years and years now, we've had absolutely no data on how many people come to the store. Um, they've got fantastic information about what traffic your listings get, but your storefront, who knows? And, you know, they used to have that on the old traffic reports. Mm, and that was what I mentioned. That was the, probably the, 10 years ago. When they retired on mature, which, as you say, could have been 10 years ago, if not more, um, we used to get that report. And... I don't know, I could be getting hundreds of hits a day and I have no idea what it is. And yes, I would be more than happy to retune my store and do some nice graphical work and stuff on it, but I need to know what the business return on that is and how much how much would it be worth? I mean, am I getting traffic? Are they browsing? Are they buying stuff? What's my click-through, my sell-through, my source, destination? All that sort of stuff that allows you then to think, well, okay, am I going to invest something in this? So that was a, another sort of thought that, that I had going into this. And the other thing that maybe applies to me and I think other people is oftentimes what we sell maybe isn't just one single category of item. 
you know, for whatever reason, I have probably two lines of business. One is timekeeping and one is broadcast. And it, it doesn't really make much sense to a buyer to have these things all jumbled up in, in one store. Now, I'm too tight to pay for a second store because that's another 60 bucks a month I'd have to shell out and it isn't really worth it. So they're all kind of jumbled together. Would it be possible to have a store that you said, okay, do you, are you interested in men's clothing or women's clothing? And it would then take you down the particular store. And the chances are people would want one or the other. They're not going to browse the other one in most cases. Are you so, using store categories? Well, I, I was thinking just in terms of store identities. So you have you have two, you know, one's very masculine looking, one two different looks and feels, and everything is built under the multiple kind of identities. And it could have two, three, four. I, I don't know. Uh -huh. It just seemed to me that a lot of us have businesses that aren't necessarily centered on one particular area of activity. There might be more than one. So yeah, maybe as has... a as a feature, um, they could consider doing that, or at least give us some. A more flexible way of building a hierarchy of, of menus or click-throughs or something that allows you to set that out and then have someone drop down to the next layer and see a store underneath, let's just say, women's fashion or something like that. Interesting, like going to the right side of the store or the left side of the store. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you could make them totally different experiences because quite often we appeal to different different customers. Maybe we have expertise in more than one area. And then the other thing kind of built on that was one of the things that I think the, the, the external store marketplaces are quite good at is allowing you to build collections of items using a variety of different ways of putting things together. Um, so, you know, you could have red, but you could have red things from all sorts of different categories within eBay, just bring them all together in, under a red category, if, for example, you were into red things. Um, and you could, you know, or we have used or um, new or, you know, whatever. There's, there's lots of ways that you could you could group things together other than just the store categories. So okay, interesting. I was trying to suggest that might be something that would be interesting. And then you could build those up I think they've they've launched some sort of new idea of a, a graphical sort of front end for stores that is less text and hierarchy based, and you can have your own images and you click on that, and then below that would be nice to have uh, collections that are more flexibly defined, but based on rules. So you have to you have to rebuild them every time you add stuff to the store. It would figure out which one which collection was most appropriate uh, for the item concerned. So anyway, it's interesting. Sounds that was advanced. my uh, king of stores speech. Um, I have no idea whether they'll do anything of that. Um, uh, they they did share some th thoughts of theirs, but I'll I'll keep that uh, to myself because uh, I think I agreed not to not to forward that. So there we go. Uh, it's funny because uh, oftentimes I think we accuse eBay of running away doing stuff without thinking about it. And having been involved in a few of these sort of discussions, they they do put a lot of thought, a lot of research. I know Sherry, you've been involved in these things. Um, yeah. And you know uh, they do try. And, they do uh, get get input from from sellers. Um, I'm not sure they always necessarily listen to 100, percent but sometimes. I, I, and my own background as a product manager means that you can't always do that. But uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. I mean, I, I miss that world to some extent. I've been out for what 12 plus years now, so I always enjoy those meetings because I, I, it brings me back to the old days of when I had a real job and a proper salary and a nice <laughs> level of nice level of income to spend. All Those right. were the days. They're, they're the happy days, yes. Well, I wasn't that happy because I was bored, but no. I was certainly—I uh, certainly didn't didn't want for walking around money. But there we are. Good old days.
All right, so you're listening to The Selling on eBay radio show. We'll have uh, our guest coming up in uh, just a minute when I can find uh, my next piece of music, which I haven't got here. Never mind. Let's go straight to our guest. Sherry, who have we got on the show today? Okay, we've got Donna Gardner, and on eBay, she's Renegade-Chance, which is a very apt name. <laughs> um, and she's been selling on eBay since 2005 and selling a lot of equestrian items. And you're in um, upstate New York, right? Where you just had Correct. a big snowfall? Well, we didn't get too much snow here, but further north it did up in the Adirondacks. Okay, very cool. And uh, Donna is, is, is so game. She's awesome because you've agreed to do this little game with us um, without hearing any of it in advance. Always so, dangerous. Uh, on. <laughs> I'm just going to start with, okay, so I'm going to read you a question and then give you multiple choice answers. Okay. okay. But it's not that. So hold on. Let me just see this. Okay. eBay removed the seller lifetime sales number because A, sellers were getting too cocky knowing how much they sold. B, sellers were no longer interested in this number. C, that figure was occupying too much room on the servers. D, none of the above. And E, depends on who you ask. And this is your own lifetime sales number that used to show. <laughs> I would say technically it's C, but E could apply because each person has their own point of view and perspective on it. Yes. What, what was C again? Just I was C to was down. that figure was occupying too much room on the servers. Someone's been listening or reading the community boards. Mm -hmm. Right, Philip? Well, I think... Isn't that I, what I'm they said? I hate to throw Brian Burke under the bus, but I, I believe it was on the podcast that uh, good old Brian mentioned, and I'm sure he was told, told this in good faith, there was some story that apparently this figure was slowing down the platform and the servers are going into meltdown trying to track all this information and they could <laughs> they thought long and hard and it was a really tough decision in the end of the day to uh, take this away which strikes me as a cover up let's face it <laughs> what do I know okay let's move on to a, a more uh, straightforward question because I know you ship a lot of big things like saddles so yep. here's the question your item weighs over 10 pounds and is large, let's say 20 inches by 18 by 18. Which shipping method should you list first? A, UPS ground, B, USPS priority, C, FedEx ground, D, USPS parcel select, and E, it doesn't matter, eBay will show buyers the least expensive method first based on where the buyer is located. FedEx, because they're the cheapest right now on eBay. And okay. eBay does not always show the cheapest method first. True. This she knows. It's the one that you put in first that will show first. That's right. That the one you put in first does show first. And I've always put FedEx first for the bigger items, but it lately FedEx has gone haywire. Like sometimes it's the best. Sometimes it's fifteen dollars more than UPS ground. Yeah. See, my system is that, yes, I put FedEx in there, but because 
sometimes priority mail might be cheaper, but usually that's no slower than FedEx. So I can figure I can move the business across to the priority mail and not be accused of downgrading the customer service. And if UPS works out to be cheaper, well, they're pretty much interchangeable, in my opinion. I know some people have UPS hate mode on and will complain, but I can't predict that. So my general approach is I think you, FedEx is a good general catch-all, and sometimes I finesse it once well, I know eBay, exactly what's going on. eBay used to promote um, the post office and U, UPS, but then FedEx wanted to get into the deal, so they came forward uh, about three years ago with these extra super savings, uh -huh. and they kind of re regulated UPS down to number th three. Now USPS, their savings have gone from like 30 to 40 percent, down more to like 10 to 25 percent. That's what makes FedEx the cheapest one right now on eBay for heavier packages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll go along with that, except sometimes it is weird, and I don't know if it's because I'm in Colorado, um, where suddenly, lately, sometimes UPS is 5 to $15 less. I, I think UPS, on their pricing deal with eBay, may have dropped either entirely or in certain areas the residential surcharge. Because I've they noticed, may have to I've get back the, in there. The, the differential is most significant on residential, and, and FedEx has some pretty hefty, you know, extended area surcharges, residential surcharges, all that sort of stuff that adds, you know, ten, twelve dollars sometimes to the uh, the base price, and that can price them out of the market by a substantial margin compared to what UPS is offering at the moment sure. but but these things change i mean for, the strange thing is sometimes fedex today can be almost the cheapest of all of them you know the, the guys crazy. at express i think have a different guy running the pricing than the guys at ground and they can be very aggressive sometimes so, and lately I'm, I'm getting buyers say you know why i really want this but why is your shipping 90 dollars?" and i'm like why is my shipping 90 dollars like where is it going um, that's when, on the those occasions that FedEx is just going kind of haywire. Okay, let's see if I have another one for you. Okay, you're on a seller update call with eBay, and they say that they've heard the objections and they're they're going to start refunding the thirty cent transaction fee. Do you a believe them because their word is completely trustworthy? Yep, that's them. B Carry on sending snarky comments via the chat window, as that's why you're on the call. C, disbelieve that eBay will do anything meaningful on this and figure they will, that they speak with a forked tongue. Oh, Philip, you were in quite a mood when you wrote this. <laughs> is there an option D? Yeah, yes. you what can add D for sure. After reading this, go ahead. Well, D, I would say I would half believe it because now that Jordan has come back and Jamie and they've introduced other personnel that have been at eBay before, that I would tend to believe if it came from one of them that it would be true because they have followed through on what they particularly have had to say. Nice. I thought someone, maybe it was on the chat boards, said they thought they were starting to see the 30 cent 
per transaction charge appearing as a credit even when it was cancelled outside of the one hour window that eBay kind of formally acknowledges. I haven't personally had any, so I don't think I've had a chance to test that. But um, uh, Well, they did the say that if you refund the whole purchase price, mm -hmm. you would also get that 30 cent fee back and they followed through on that. Very good. Okay. Oh, good. Even if it's not within an hour of the sale and And if you do higher. a partial refund, you can call in to get the final value fee portion of that back to your account also. Okay. That's the part I've missed out on is I didn't realize I needed to call to do that because yes. I've noticed when I'm doing these partial refunds for combined shipping, you know, this week that I didn't realize I had to call in to get and are that. They, is that the plan at some point that will then become automatic right now? It's a manual call in, but it becomes automatic <laughs> at some point. Is that Donna, how you, you, read it, you read it? I don't read into it. eBay is an ever changing company and I there just try to walk the road in the present tense of it. Okay. Well, that's very good. So, okay. So now I know, okay. But, okay, here's our last one. Do we have time for a last one, Philip? Yep, absolutely. Okay, buyer returns, huh? Make it a good one. Here we go. Okay, buyer returns count against your account, even if customer service rules the case in your favor. Hmm. Is this A, the final straw? B, proof that a thousand wrongs now make a right? C, not a concern as it does nothing to damage eBay's profits? Naughty, naughty, Philip. Or D, perfectly normal as all sellers are treated with the same level of contempt. So that's okay. Um, well, okay, if it's Donna. decided if you win a case, it doesn't count against you except in seller metrics. And there's two different seller metric areas on eBay. The seller metrics that record anytime a case is opened against you for a snad, you cannot make go away. And if you get 11 of those, then you will have, be forced to pay an additional 4% final value fee. Man, Believe me, we should I have, have tried more often. <laughs> I, all the cases that I've won that were snared and I proved buyer's remorse, I cannot get them out of the seller metrics. And that's one thing that Jordan is trying to work on. See, I told you it's Donna and I were in the same, cut from the same cloth. Well, the yes. reason I think she the feels reason the same why as I that do. metric was put out there was tr trying to catch the sellers, like Chinese sellers, just for a loose example, that when they were contacted, the buyer was unhappy with something, they would just refund the money. So, in order to make that metric punish them from having too many unhappy buyers, because just getting your money back doesn't make the bad experience go away if you really wanted the item as described for what it should have been. So that's why they created that metric, except it, when you win a case, it's no longer a return request. It stops being a return request and it's a case closed in your favor. Why shouldn't it, these be brought out of that seller metric area? There's currently no way to do it unless the buyer is suspended from eBay for their account or eBay takes action on the buyer for doing something wrong. And I think they just decided to be, it was lazy development. 
it would be a lot more complicated to develop something that has to go into the customer service system, look at the status of every one of those cases, figure out whether it was buyer or seller prevailed, and then adjust that metric to keep track of it. And they just said, you know what? It's not affecting us. It's a seller's problem. We'll just keep it simple and we'll just broad brush treat everybody as a sinner until proved otherwise. And, you know, it's one of those things that they do from time to time. And I, it just, you know, I, I said to Sherry before, everyone I meet from eBay is marvelous at what they do. And they, they care passionately about the buyers, the sellers, the platform. But somehow you put a bunch of them in a room with a whiteboard, the stuff that comes out, you think, well, who on earth signed off on that? It doesn't make any sense. And that's an example of something that, you know, I think just just constantly undermines their credibility with sellers. And every time you see, every time someone returns something, you go, oh, God, that's going to count against me. You know, and it wouldn't have been that difficult to do. It's just... I don't know. It's just. But this ties into what you're saying that they might start requiring buyers to add a picture for SNAD it returns. It might be the. Because it slows them down a little bit. Mm hmm. I don't think it's going to stop anyone. You could put, you know, a picture of your doggy in there and it'd be accepted. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's, it is one of the things that strikes me as odd because eBay is inconsistent, shall we say. When it came down to looking at executive number one in the corporation and whether he did something wrong or not, um, it was deemed that he was entitled to $57 million. Um, and it wasn't, his, his behavior was not exactly uh, exactly what they expected of him. And yet they enabled, they had the, gave him the benefit of the doubt to that sum of money, which is a very large amount of money. Yet on the other hand, if a seller gets a, a return or something about a $5 item that, that is clearly wrong, they won't act on that. And that the seller's deemed to be, you know, wrong until proven guilty. It's just, it seems a double standard to me. So. Yeah. Well, eBay has been definitely protecting me and on my side. I think it's just that quirky thing about it still being on your record mm -hmm. as a defect or something. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm, I'm reasonably lucky because I don't work in a category that generates a vast amount of returns, so I don't come up against that limit. Um, so I'm lucky. But if I was selling shoes or something that you know, people do like to return quite a lot of, I mean, it'd be really hard, I think, to, to really keep that under control. Do you yeah, offer returns or state no returns on your listings? I do uh, free 30-day returns. And I do free returns, and I sell clothes and shoes, and I get returns every few days, but they almost never do it as an item not as described. And I think that's because of free returns. Well, the I, thing I, is, if you accept returns, you have to take it for any reason. And then if you're trying to prove buyer's remorse, you wait till you get the item back and call into customer support or provide it in the appeal area uh, to write in. If you offer no returns, if somebody chooses a buyer's remorse reason, such as they didn't like it, they found a better price, one of those, um, then you can just deny it and it goes away. And then if you have to try to prove buyer's remorse, then at the end of that three business days, you have a chance of winning. I see what you're saying. Well, for me, I think the 
almost always the reason for the bulk of mine is just it didn't fit because it's, you know, clothing mm-hmm. and shoes. Let, let's say oh, yeah. we're, we're talking to someone who's who's early in their eBay career here. I think I would try and encourage them not to end up in a position where they're relying upon eBay to adjudicate in their favor because that can go wrong on you, I suspect. You're absolutely right. And when Sherry and I were doing seller school, you know, we the eight of us seller coaches, we talked about what worked best for our niche, our mm-hmm. business or selling endeavor. And the thing is, take away from it what could possibly Sorry. help you for your niche, you know, expanding out and stuff or what policies or rules or returns, you know, whatever business things, decisions you want to make for yourself. Uh, but I told people that were starting out to offer returns for the first year so you get an idea of what it's like because going the route of no returns, it takes tenacity, it takes knowledge of eBay policies and experience in the field for doing it. And, and time and effort to try and constantly push your case through and yes, the stress and the hassle. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've got quite used to doing the paid returns. I don't get that many. I'm pretty sure that the discount I get more than covers that cost. And I can sleep at night knowing if something goes wrong on a feedback for me, I'm, I'm pretty much guaranteed that there's a way out of that. Right. Um, in discussion with eBay customer service, not that it happens very often, but you know, mm-hmm. if it, you do sit there with your your hundred percent record damaged by one feedback, it's going to sit there for a year. It's going to most of it is going to annoy <laughs> us to hell. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, having some peace of mind that's probably not so much at risk that's worth it to me. Yeah. For me, the shipping of the heavy items around trip ship costs can be anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars. Yeah. And well, the typical industry return standard for a new saddle or a used one is if a buyer wants to trial it for 7 to 14 days, they can return it minus all shipping costs and 10 to 20% restocking fee. Mm-hmm. If I could offer that on eBay, which I kind of was able to do during the return pilot program that was out there for a year and a half, that's another story, it worked. Mm-hmm. Somebody that bought a saddle for $300 and $50 shipping were more than happy to be out $100 round trip shipping and 20%, which was 60 on the 300 so they're out 160 on a 350 initial sale. But because if I yeah. tried to yeah. offer returns, I'd have to take it for any reason, and I am not going to argue that on the back end. They did say when the current management came on board, they were open to the idea of trying to make some of these things a little bit more flexible and category it specific. It has gotten better. Yes, definitely. Um, they're heading in that direction. I think there's it's still kind of one size fits all a little bit, but maybe it'll loosen up. I'm hoping saddles get into the authenticity program soon. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> a running joke between Jordan and I, but he is working towards that. I think that the things that they're including is not not so much based on the value of the item, but based on the amount of shipping costs it would be to send it into an authenticator. Uh, One of the, just moving on to the sort of discussion about the returns thing, one of the things I think that's being flagged by eBay as an upcoming thing is managed returns for the global shipping program. Um, right now, international returns are pretty low just because it's so complicated for the buyer. And I think they spend more time thinking about their purchase, knowing that a return will be very complicated and maybe expensive for them. 
But as we move to manage returns internationally, which is where they're going uh, in this year, I think, um, that'll perhaps be a disincentive to selling internationally because I think the return rate will, will go up on those. Well, actually, I think uh, the authenticity programs came about because of the global shipping program and that they partnered with Pitney Bowes and things that can't be shipped into other countries um, for whatever reason are checked at that location in Kentucky. And when a buyer in a foreign country claims SNAD on an item, typically the seller's left out of it and eBay takes care of it. Good. Yeah, that's we'll, good. We'll I see how that works out. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay, well, you you passed with flying colors. <laughs> we'll have to think of what your prize is. Oh, jeez, I don't need I got a whole bunch of uh, eBay stuff here. I can have a truck <laughs> oh, deliver a... it around to you. I've got plenty of surplus stuff. I got a big yeah, box I, I haven't opened yet from the last the last what? bunch of stuff that turned up. In fact, oh, I, opened, I, wonder... I, think, I think I opened the Christmas one the other day. I thought it was an incoming thing I'd bought. And there was oh, some boy. wooden wooden thing with a couple of things to put your salt and pepper in and some other, th- That's other right. stuff in there. That, that Cheese tray up. with a knife, yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, is yes. that what's in the box? I, had, I was going to give it away as a, as a meet-up uh, parting gift or whatever. So. Oh, that's a good gift. I bet the one you haven't opened is the towels and duffel bag. Oh, is that what it is? If you haven't gotten that yet. That and some to-go mugs. Oh, mugs, yeah. Yeah, okay. little right. tumblers. Ooh. Uh, do come to <laughs> my meetup. I'll let you know when it's taking place. There you go. Talking of future events, Sherry, you've got a meetup coming up as well in the near future, I think, uh, in your area. That's right. In May and now the uh, exact date. Oh, wait, let me just look real quick. But this is coming up in Denver. They're, they've rescheduled the in-person meetup where Brian Burke's going to be there. Good Brian. Um, and Rebecca Michaels. And another very important person who I think his name is Stephanie. Are they going to be um, there in person or by uh, Zoom calling? They're going to be in person. So oh, okay. if you want to fly out here and have a party, uh, I'm really excited. So they said heavy hors d'oeuvres, non-alcoholic beverages included, and then uh, a bar if you want to pay for it, which is fine with me because cool. I'm plastered after Sounds one great. drink. Sounds <laughs> great. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. <laughs> That's funny. I haven't found the date. I'm so sorry. All right. We'll get it's that out soon. next time. It's in May. Excellent. Okay. Anyway, look, I think we probably <laughs> run this thing into the ground. We will okay. do our financial review of 2021, I think, another time. Maybe next week we'll have time for that. Thank you, for Donna, for filling up uh, lots of our program, lots of inside information, lots of scoop yes. on what uh, eBay's thinking. <laughs> thank you very much indeed for that. This is Philip Jackson saying thank you very much indeed for joining us. Slightly ramshackle show, but we got there in the end. And uh, do uh, join us during the week. Uh, find out more about us at our website. That's sellsellsell.online. And I'm going to take 80% of the ramshackle blame because I am obviously a hot mess. Thank you so much, Donna, for joining us and have a great week to all. You too. See you next week. Bye.